section twenty of italy france spain and portugal this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume five italy france spain and portugal edited by eva march tappan section twenty benvenuto cellini a goldsmith of the sixteenth century footnote from ascanio copyright u s a eighteen ninety five by little brown and company end of footnote fifteen hundred to fifteen hundred and seventy one by alexander dumas there is at florence a bridge called the ponte vecchio which is covered with houses to this day these houses were in the old days goldsmiths shops but the word is not to be understood as we understand it to-day the goldsmith of our day follows a trade formerly the goldsmith was an artist so it was that there was nothing in the world so wondrously beautiful as these shops or rather as the articles with which they were stocked there were round cups of onyx around which dragons tails were twined while heads and bodies of these fabulous creatures confronted one another with gold bespangled sky-blue wings outspread and with jaws wide open like chimeras shot threatening glances from their ruby eyes there were ewers of agate with a festoon of ivy clinging around the base and climbing up in guise of handle well above the orifice concealing amid its emerald foliage some marvellous bird from the tropics in brilliant plumage of enamel seemingly alive and ready to burst forth in song there were urns of lapis lazuli over the edge of which leaned as if to drink lizards chiselled with such art that one could almost see the changing reflections of their golden cuirasses and might have thought that they would fly at the least sound and seek shelter in some crevice in the wall there were chalices and monstrances and bronze and gold and silver medallions all studded with precious stones as if in those days rubies topazes carbuncles and diamonds could be found by searching in the sand on river banks or in the dust of the high road and there were nymphs naiads gods goddesses a whole resplendent olympus mingled with crucifixes crosses and calvaries mater dolorosas venuses christ's apollos jupiter's launching thunderbolts and jehovah's creating the world and all this not only cleverly executed but poetically conceived not only admirable viewed as ornaments for a woman's boudoir but magnificent masterpieces fit to immortalize the reign of a king or the genius of a nation to be sure the goldsmiths of that epoch bore the name of donatello giberti guirlandaio and benvenuto cellini now benvenuto cellini has himself described in his memoirs which are more interesting than the most interesting novel the adventurous life of the artists of the fifteenth and sixteenth centuries when titian 
was painting in a coat of mail when michelangelo was sculpturing with his sword at his side when masaccio and Bomenichino died of poison and cosmo the first secluded himself in his laboratory to discover the mode of tempering steel so that it would cut porphyry to show the character of the man we will take a single episode in his life which was the occasion of his coming to france benvenuto was at rome whither pope clement the seventh had summoned him and was at work with characteristic ardour upon the beautiful chalice which his holiness had ordered but as he desired to display his talent at its best upon the precious work he made but slow progress now benvenuto as may well be imagined had many rivals who envied him the many valuable orders he received from the pope as well as the marvellous skill with which he executed them the result was that one of his confreres named pompeo who had nothing to do but slander his betters took advantage of the delay to do him all possible injury in the pope's sight and kept at work persistently day in and day out without truce or relaxation sometimes in undertone sometimes aloud assuring him that he would never finish it and that he was so overwhelmed with orders that he executed those of other people to the neglect of his holinesses he said and did so much did good pompeo that when benvenuto cellini saw him enter his workshop one day with smiling face he divined at once that he was the bearer of bad news for him well my dear confrere pompeo began i have come to relieve you from a heavy burden his holiness realizes that your neglect in completing his chalice is not due to lack of zeal but to lack of time he therefore considers it no more than just to relieve you from some one of your important duties and of his own motion he dismisses you from the post of engraver to the mint it will be nine paltry ducats footnote a ducat ranged in value from a dollar forty six to two dollars and thirty cents End of footnote a month less in your pocket but an hour more each day at your disposal benvenuto was conscious of an intense longing to throw the jeering varlet out of the window but he restrained his feelings and pompeo seeing that not a muscle of his face moved thought that he had missed his aim furthermore he continued why i know not but in spite of all that i could say in your behalf his holiness demands his chalice at once in whatever condition it may be verily i am afraid dear benvenuto i say it in all friendliness that it is his purpose to have some other finish it oh no not that cried the goldsmith starting up like one bitten by a serpent my chalice is my own even as the office at the mint is the pope's his holiness hath no right to do more than bid me return the five hundred crowns paid to me in advance and i will dispose of my work as may seem good to me beware my master said pompeo imprisonment may be the sequel of your refusal signor pompeo you're an ass retorted benvenuto pompeo left the shop in a rage 
on the following day two of the holy father's chamberlains called upon benvenuto cellini the pope has sent us said one of them either to receive the chalice at your hands or take you to prison monsignori rejoined benvenuto an artist like myself deserves no less than to be given in charge to functionaries like yourselves here i am take me to prison but i give you fair warning that all this will not put the pope's chalice forward one stroke of the graver benvenuto went with them to the governor of the prison who having doubtless received his instructions in advance invited him to dine with him throughout the repast the governor used every conceivable argument to induce benvenuto to satisfy the pope by carrying the chalice to him assuring him that if he would make that concession clement the seventh violent and obstinate as he was would forget his displeasure but the artist replied that he had already shown the holy father his chalice six times since he began it and that was all that could justly be required of him moreover he said that he knew his holiness and that he was not to be trusted that he might very well when he had the chalice in his hands take it from him altogether and give it to some idiot to finish who would spoil it he reiterated his readiness to return the five hundred crowns paid in advance having said so much benvenuto met all subsequent arguments of the governor by exalting his cook to the skies and praising his wines after dinner all his compatriots all his dearest friends all his apprentices led by ascanio called upon him to implore him not to rush headlong to destruction by resisting the commands of clement the seventh but benvenuto told them that he had long desired to establish the great truth that a goldsmith can be more obstinate than a pope and as the most favourable opportunity he could ask for was now at hand he certainly would not let it pass for fear that it might not return his compatriots withdrew shrugging their shoulders his friends vowing that he was mad and ascanio weeping bitterly fortunately pompeo did not forget cellini and meanwhile he was saying slyly to the pope most holy father give your servant a free hand i will send word to this obstinate fellow that since he is so determined he may send me the five hundred crowns as he is a notorious spendthrift he will not have that sum at his disposal he will be compelled to give up the chalice to me clement considered this an excellent device and bade pompeo do as he suggested and so that same evening as cellini was about to be taken to the cell assigned him a chamberlain made his appearance and informed the goldsmith that his holiness accepted his ultimatum and demanded the delivery of the chalice or the five hundred crowns without delay benvenuto replied that they had but to take him to his workshop and he would give them the five hundred crowns he was escorted thither by four swiss accompanied by the chamberlain he entered his bedroom drew a key from his pocket opened a small iron closet built into the wall plunged his hand into a large bag took out five hundred crowns and having given them to the chamberlain showed him and the four swiss to the door it would be said in justice to benvenuto cellini that they received four crowns for their trouble and in justice to the swiss that they kissed his hands as they took their leave the chamberlain returned forthwith to the holy father and delivered the five hundred crowns whereupon his holiness in his desperation flew into a violent rage and began to abuse pompeo 
go thyself to my great engraver at his workshop animal he said employ all the soothing arguments of which thy ignorant folly is capable and say to him that if he will consent to finish my chalice i will give him whatever facilities he may require but your holiness said pompeo will it not be time to-morrow morning i fear lest it be already too late this evening imbecile and i do not choose that benvenuto shall sleep upon his wrath therefore do my bidding on the instant and let me not fail to have a favourable reply to-morrow morning at my levee pompeo thereupon left the vatican with drooping feathers and repaired to benvenuto's workshop it was closed he peered through the keyhole and through the cracks in the door and scrutinized all the windows one after another to see if there was not one which showed a light but all were dark he ventured to knock a second time somewhat louder than at first and then a third time still louder thereupon a window on the first floor opened and benvenuto appeared in his shirt arquebus in his hand who's there he demanded i the messenger replied who art thou rejoined the goldsmith although he recognized his man at once pompeo thou liest said benvenuto i know pompeo well and he is far too great a coward to venture out into the streets of rome at this hour but my dear cellini i swear hold thy peace thou art a villain and hast taken the poor devil's name to induce me to open my door and then to rob me master benvenuto may i die say but another word cried benvenuto pointing the arquebus toward his interlocutor and that wish of thine will be gratified pompeo fled at full speed crying murder and disappeared around the corner of the nearest street benvenuto thereupon closed his window hung his arquebus on its nail and went to bed once more laughing in his beard at poor pompeo's fright the next morning as he went down to his shop which had been opened an hour earlier by his apprentices he spied pompeo on the opposite side of the street where he had been doing sentry duty since daybreak waiting to see him descend as soon as he saw cellini pompeo waved his hand to him in the most affectionately friendly way imaginable aha said cellini is it you my dear pompeo by my faith i was within an ace last night of making a churl pay dearly for his insolence in assuming your name indeed said pompeo forcing himself to smile and drawing gradually nearer to the shop how did it happen pray benvenuto thereupon described the incident to his holiness's messenger but as his friend benvenuto had described him in their nocturnal interview as a coward pompeo did not dare confess his identity with the visitor when his tale was finished cellini asked pompeo to what happy circumstance he was indebted for the honour of so early a visit from him pompeo thereupon acquitted himself but in somewhat different terms be it understood of the errand upon which clement the seventh had sent him to his goldsmith benvenuto's features expanded as he proceeded clement the seventh yielded ergo the goldsmith had been more obstinate than the pope say to his holiness said benvenuto when the message was duly delivered that i shall be very happy to obey him and do anything in my power to regain his favour which i have lost not by any fault of my own but through the evil machinations of envious rivals as for yourself signor pompeo as the pope does not lack retainers i counsel you in your own interest to look to it that another than you is sent to me hereafter for your health's sake 
signor pompeo interfere no more in my affairs in pity for yourself never happen in my path and for the welfare of my soul pompeo pray god that i be not your caesar pompeo waited to hear no more but returned to clement the seventh with cellini's reply of which however he suppressed the peroration some time thereafter in order to put the seal to his reconciliation with benvenuto clement the seventh ordered his medallion struck by him benvenuto struck it in bronze in silver and in gold and then carried it to him the pope was so enraptured with it that he cried out in his admiration that so beautiful a medallion had never been produced by the ancients ah well your holiness said benvenuto had i not displayed some firmness we should have been at enmity to-day for i would never have forgiven you and you would have lost a devoted servant look you holy father he continued by way of good counsel your holiness would not do ill to remember now and then the opinion of many discreet folk that one should bleed seven times before cutting once and you would do well also to allow yourself to be something less easily made the dupe of lying tongues and envious detractors so much for your guidance in the future and we will say no more about it most holy father thus did benvenuto pardon clement the seventh which he certainly would not have done had he loved him less End of section twenty this recording is in the public domain